Welcome to episode one of The Old Doctor Who Show with Dan and Eric, January 2015. The Aztecs. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a joke, yeah? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the first polarity of the neutron flow is that the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity. It's like a person. Resulting reaction is fighting. Ready? All right, welcome to our first episode. My name is Eric Grissom. I am your co-host. And I'm Dan Johnson, the other co-host. Two co-hosts, because when we do co-hosts... We put the co in co-hosts uh, for fun and, and prizes. Uh, we're going to be covering Classic Who. Um, whatever, I guess, they, Dan, we're currently just going to pick what's on Netflix. Yeah, to make it easiest for people, let's just uh, concentrate on what Netflix has streaming for folks. What's nice about that is uh, there's a limited number of them. So we're not going to do an entire 50 years worth of podcasts. Right, and we're going to do, do one a month, so uh, if you want to watch along with us, it's impossible, because uh, I'll have you, I'd have you arrested if I get any of you uh, creepos like, looking in the back window uh, yeah. while, while I'm watching, because then it would be too hard. We would have to coordinate. Uh, we'd all have to be on Google Calendar. Uh, yeah. Or, that's what the, the kids We're just going to do doing. a massive, massive hangout, a Google yeah. Hangout. It's a huge gonna... hangout. Yeah. So yeah, we'll do we'll do one a month because we're a lazy and mm-hmm. we have other stuff that we have to do. I have nothing um, going on, and I look forward to this for thirty nothing. days every month. <laughs> Just Dan gets back in the box and yep. waits uh, for for the the signal. I put yep. on the Doctor Who signal. And then we will just review the episode, and you know if uh, if that's something you'd be into, it'd be cool. Um, for me, like we're both Doctor Who fans, I've seen mm. probably more of the old classic Who stuff than Dan. I think that's oh, safe without to say. a doubt, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I also have a number of ones that I that I own that maybe we'll cover because I don't think like there's like Pyramids of Mars and there's like a lot of Tom Baker stuff that I like that I don't think is on Netflix, but we'll get to that. Uh, when we get to it. Yeah. Hey, so uh, when did you start watching Who? I mean, did you start uh, Did you start with, like, Classic I, Who? Or? This is, like, uh, most of my uh, when did you start this uh, was, like, being eight years old and being mm-hmm. at my dad's house and, turn on channel 36! <laughs> you know, sometimes it was uh, naked women, yeah. and sometimes, sometimes it was Doctor Who. And he's not even a Doctor Who. He would just find something weird and yell, turn on 48! Didn't matter what you were doing, you had to just, ugh, and turn it on. And I saw, I remember, see, it was Tom Baker, so that was my first sort of exposure. Yeah. And honestly, it was the theme song was just something about it. It was like the most amazing theme song, and especially the end credits mm. um, for the Baker stuff, where it's that, like, swirling white, you know, uh, Hey, save it for future thing. episodes. Save it for future episodes. Okay, I will save it. Yet. We're not there. But <laughs> that was it. And like, I just immediately like the idea of it's just so absurd. You know the, yeah. um, you know the TARDIS, and it's it looks like a phone booth, and and being really into Doctor Who then, and everybody with with Star Wars and Star Trek, like that's like a old your own 
level of sort of weirdness. Um, <laughs> it was like, like there's like it was either Star Wars or Star Trek. No, there was a third option. Yeah, and that guy's yeah. Uh, you could endlessly it. debate that over a game of D and D. Just which yeah. which <laughs> that, that's gonna yeah. But yeah, that for me that was it. So that and then the fact that when it came back and then you know I sort of lost. I didn't lose interest. I always sort of liked it. Um. But it was very hard to watch the show, yeah. too. It was like, you know, it would be never beyond. And then when they rebooted the show, which I still consider new, but I guess now it's it's old, um, mm-hmm. with the Russell T. Davies uh, mm-hmm. Rose episode and everything, that was, like, super exciting. And then I was back pretty much on board. What about you? Yeah, I uh, I remember my brother watching it. I have a brother who's seven years older than me, so he was, he was pretty into it. And it was the mid-'70s, so it was definitely Tom Baker. I remember seeing a couple episodes and thinking – Boy, this looks like shit. And I was a little kid. <laughs> I mean, I was I was little, and I thought, "Wow, this is just weird." Right. Um, and then you hit your switchblade comb and just comb back. <laughs> it's your just out of the, it's, a, it's like later loser. I'm out of here. Um, no, but I was a super super nerdy kid, and, and it just it didn't really grab me because I didn't know what was going on. There was just too much. And like you said, you you could never catch it. So maybe it was on PBS someday and then it wouldn't yeah. be there for weeks and you wouldn't even be able to catch it yeah. so i missed all of that but i was super into uh star trek and and star wars of course because i'm a red-blooded american i was right. born in the 70s but uh i think when the the reboot came around i think it was you that actually told me about it that's possible i, I think possible. it's quite likely actually um i know this you- is a doctor who podcast but i've never actually seen star trek I just want to throw that out there. Um, Wait, what? It's weird. Yeah, people like. Well, actually, it's not true because uh, a, a, not that long alive. ago, you within, can't be like, alive in America. Now I and... saw like where bits and pieces of it on TV. Like sure. I actually watched some of the original William Shatner stuff within yeah. the last year because it was on Netflix, what? and I saw a couple episodes and I loved it. I thought it was really cool. But like, I've never seen the next Next Generation. Oh my god. I don't know. It just it for whatever Super reason weird. it it didn't it never connected with me. Yeah, I, I loved I, Star Wars and and Doctor Who. You know, as I mentioned, but I don't know. But anyway, we'll that's save that for the Star Trek podcast. That's super <laughs> weird. I don't I don't even know you. What's going? I know on? it's, no, it's I, very uh, strange. You would think I would like it. I didn't really like the. Uh, I remember watching the Shatner ones back when I was little because that's all there was, and they would come on repeats and I'd watch them. But I didn't really like them a lot. I liked the yeah. genre, so I watched it. And then uh, I loved The Next Generation when it came on, and I watched all of them. So Next yeah. Generation, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise. I watched all of them. Nice. You yeah. Did. Horrible. Uh, but to, to bring it back anyway, to, so, to Who, just uh, yeah. the other thing that I really liked about Classic Who, uh, which is also why I really like comic books, is when you would watch them, it would it was so random. Again, you're waiting for your dad to yell, you know, <laughs> is it going to be two women kissing? And why does that make me feel strange? Um, or it was going to be like part three, like cause, you know the way that for anyone that's not familiar with the classic Who episodes, it they're not standalone single episodes or even a season. I mean, they are, but generally it's like a four or six part episode. Yeah, that's that's a serial, and so you would get like part three and not know, but there was no, always this sense that there was this huge universe before that episode right. and a huge one after. Like if you, you know, when you would get comic books, you would randomly find them on spinner racks and it would be Spider-Man 300 and something. And, you know, what came before this and what came after? And I think the difference with a, a comic like that is, at least with a Spider-Man or Superman, you can just jump in because you're kind of stewing in that in pop culture. You, you can kind of pick it up, even if you don't know exactly yeah. what's happening. You missed a piece. Um, I think with who it's harder 
because, like you said, it's serials, you don't get the uh, the standard monster of the week like you get now uh, in this and other shows, you know, like Buffy or whatever. You'll get an overall arc, but typically it's kind of a, a one-shot that in some way maybe ties together, and I think we get that a lot in the, uh, the current Who. Um, for me, though, I'm, I think the other thing that makes it really hard is I'm a completionist in terms of... Uh, story. So I want to know every little bit. If I uh, if I start watching a show and it's five minutes, I miss the first five minutes, even if nothing happened, I'm not going to watch it until I can catch it from the very beginning. Right, you burn your house down. Yeah, I, I, will, I will murder <laughs> anyone that's going to talk <laughs> about it. I can't live here anymore. Everything, I, everything I believe is a lie. So uh, so it was great for the, the Who reboot. I was able to catch it from a good starting point and didn't necessarily need all the background. Of course, I read uh, everything I could on the internet to kind of get all these little I guess they're not Easter eggs because they're there for people who, who know this stuff, but it just uh, more enhancements. You don't need it to enjoy the show, but you get more out of it if you know these the backstory. Right. But um, so for me, uh, New Who is is great. I've watched every episode through the current season at least three or four times. I mean, like every. I just I just rewatched all of uh, the reboot up through Capaldi. Uh, yeah, I you definitely in the past two months. In the past, two yeah, months. you've definitely rewatched it more than I have. I mean, I've seen every episode, and sometimes I'll rewatch stuff. But I often yeah. will talk to you, and you're like, "Yeah, I just watched uh, <laughs> you know, season three uh, for the fifth time." And uh, for, I for those of you listening to the podcast, that wasn't me. That was Eric doing an impression. Of, I know it's but like it's it's uncanny. It's almost now. like you're also. Here uh, again, I'm the third co-host. Yeah. I right. am the um, no, no. So, so for me, uh, I have I have uh, my favorites, my favorite uh, parts of Who, um, and that's why I'm, I'm interested to see how going back and watching classic Who, where some of these tropes are coming from, where these continuing stories and references uh, from the current iteration. Did they come from something back in the past? And since we only have 18 story arcs to deal with, we might not get a lot of that, but. Um, right. Just kind of interested to see, and to see just how the doctors change over the years. Because now, especially with Capaldi coming in and kind of flipping the whole uh, idea of the doctor around again, it's kind of interesting to see where it came from. All so. right. With with that said, should we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. We failed. Yes, we did. We had to. That was the point of traveling through time and space. We can't change anything. Nothing. The Toxel had to win. Yes. And the one man I had respect for, I deceived. Poor Ortlock. I gave him false hope. And in the end, he lost his faith. He found another faith. A better. And that's the good you've done. You failed to save a civilization, but at least you helped one man. So we are starting with uh, the Aztecs. This is a story arc in uh, four parts. Um, it is the sixth story in, uh, sixth story arc in the original series. Yep. So season one, 1964. Yep. Uh, written by John Lucarati. I hope I got your name, uh, right, John, who's probably no longer with us. Right in, right in, was <laughs> right. John, if you're listening, I'm so sorry, man. Yep. Um, and then directed by John Crockett. Sure. Of uh, Crockett and Tubbs fame. Yes. And one thing I'll just start before we actually get into the episode. This is a four-part story, as you said. And what I liked is each part had its own title. And I don't know when they stopped doing that because the later classic no, ones. Do. The later classic ones that you get, you'll get like, you know, Hand of Doom Part 1, Hand of Doom Part 2, Hand of Doom Part 3. Oh, late, later ones, later in the classic series, you mean? 
Yeah, yes. Okay. So this yeah. this one is like Temple of Evil, Warriors of Death is the second part. I like that a lot. Um, and in the newer ones, they, they, they've done that too. In the newer ones, they just do it by, uh, by episode title. They don't actually name the arcs though. So it's kind of a, a different thing going on. They don't sure. say, you know, this is a two-parter and the overall name of the arc is this and then right. each episode. It's just the episode names. So you kind of refer to them in the, in the current Who uh, based on those two episode names or whatever that happened. Anyway, ra- hey, let, let's ramble some more. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, so you want to just jump in and tell me what you thought of this? Yeah, I mean, we could do a, a quick kind of catch us up to where we start on this. Um, okay. So we're starting with the original Doctor, uh, William Hartnell. We start off with uh, two companions and then uh, a third traveler. So we have the Doctor and uh, his his granddaughter, Susan. Yes, Susan. Um, who are both Time Lords, I, I'm guessing. This is this is kind of, things we're missing. Yeah, it is very strange. Like, she, that's her grandfather. She's yes. human. Is she? I think so. I I mean, I could be wrong. We'll have to definitely do research. This is a speculative right. Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> but, no, from what I've, what I've read, uh, in some of the parts, uh, the Doctor makes reference to the two of them being uh, rogues and, and uh, without the protection of their home and their race. So I think they are actually both Gallifreyan, but that's not clear. It's super not clear at all, which makes this really fun to jump in without having yeah, all the stories to watch. Yeah, I will definitely say I'm not sure. I was always under the impression that she was human and like, like an adopted granddaughter, like quote unquote. He, I guess she would be half Gallifreyan as opposed hmm. to full Gallifreyan. So he came, he came down and did did the business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But again, I don't you don't think that's the case because that's disgusting. Uh, not really. Not with two people love each other, Dan. They can do the, they can <laughs> no, do the no. business. There's nothing wrong with with that. Intimacy is disgusting. Um, but yeah, so I I will uh, I'm gonna take your word for it. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, you're taking the internet's word for it, and the internet can't lie. Oh. So the first story arc is the unearthly child, uh, where we meet the other two companions who are gonna join the Doctor on this first series. Uh, two teachers. Uh, at the Cole Hill School, where Susan attends school, uh, we have Barbara, who's a history teacher and apparently just a history savant. She kind of knows everything about yeah. all of history, which is kind of great. And then there is Ian, who is a uh, I forget the, the heavy, <laughs> <laughs> the good. When you need a guy to fight another guy, bring in Ian. It's, it's uh, awesome because he does not. Lo- he's not look mm. like he's going to be fighting uh, in an arena. Nope. He's going to be doing your taxes or something, and he's like, <laughs> yes. "Yeah, I'm fine." Now, what are we fighting to the death? Are we fighting to the death, guys. All right, I'm cool. I'm in. Yep. So, uh, so, so the doctor uh, tries to whatever. I'm not going to do a recap of all the stuff up to here, but at the, at the beginning of it, uh, apparently, the doctor's pretty much a shit. He uh, is super mean and does and grudgingly takes the uh, takes Barbara and Ian with them. Uh, through space and time, here's an interesting thing I read that I didn't actually know. Uh, so we we all know that the chameleon circuit is stuck. So it looks like the the police box is stuck in 1964 or 63. It's always going to look like that. Um, the other thing that's stuck in the original series through the first two seasons, uh, first two doctors is uh, the uh, timeometer. The yes. Euro, the Eurometer is stuck. So he actually has no control over where he's going to go. Yeah, so they're randomly popping up at different times. You you mentioned like why are they there? And I think in that same 
article that you're referring to, that yep. they're, he can't get them off the ship because they can't get back home. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was much less a uh, like the current doctors will will pick a companion and say, "Come with me," because he thinks they're interesting, or uh, that he just wants to reward them for something. Where we have these kind of one-time companions. Right. This this time they're just kind of stuck with him, and he uh, he doesn't really seem to like it at all, which is awesome. Before we jump into the companions, you just a really quick recap. So they get they end up in uh, you know the Aztecs ancient mexico barbara one of the companions gets you know picks up a bracelet or something she gets mistaken for a god mm-hmm. um and basically as happens, yes happens. as as will happen if you mm-hmm. uh, the proper jewelry and yeah. you can really change your whole persona Run an empire. Um, it's amazing yes and then there's sort of like the bad uh you know uh heavy oh, boy. Uh, like uh sadistic character named Texacodal, I can't remember his name. It's it's Tiaxchal, whatever. He becomes suspicious that maybe she isn't a god, and that's basically where they find themselves. They're trapped here. They got to right. get out. You know, everyone thinks they're a god. They're all they're committing human sacrifices, and they're yeah. to make it rain. Yeah, and that's basically the adventure. It had a much more ensemble feel, uh, where each one of them was just as important. Whereas, like, there's certain moments the doctor just goes in the garden and he's hanging out with that woman. Uh, Kamika, where his role is almost, you know, not as important as it normally is uh, in some of the the other episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. They they each get their own thing to do, except for yeah. Susan. Susan, for a lot of it, is pretty much doing nothing. Hanging yeah, she's hanging. Out. She's getting. Uh, she's getting her Susie Homemaker uh, guide. She has to take a little test on what a good wife is supposed to do because she's. It, I don't, it was very weird. If we get back up to when they first land there, my personal favorite part is like when they're like, hey, we must be in Mexico. And then nobody is Mexican. Like all the, all the oh, actors yeah. <laughs> just like super, clearly super we're in British. Mexico because we're surrounded by English actors yeah, um, yeah. playing Mexicans. English overactors. Everyone uh, also seems drunk. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but a lot of the people on set, I like uh, the one high priest or whatever. I think oh. maybe he had a couple of drinks uh, prior. Okay, all right. Well, let's let's <laughs> let's let's talk about these characters. So we have the the high priest of sacrifice, Laxol, or whatever his name was. It's really hard. I mean, there's a lot of T's, a lot of L's, and a lot of X's. T I T O X L T O X L, right? And T-O-X-L. so he's yep. And then there's the good the good. Wait, priest. wait, wait. No, no. Yep. Let's not gloss over this oh, guy okay. because his acting style is all in the shoulders. Yeah. He uh, he. You got to keep your head bowed and low and shoulder. Around ear level, just one. The other shoulder can do whatever it wants, but that one shoulder has to be at ear level, and that's how you're going to get the real, real sinister uh, vibe coming out of him. Uh, he can tear up some scenery with he his can. words. Yes. Boy. He also has that very cool, like uh, almost black metal-y uh, uh, paint yeah. over his mouth. Oh, it's it's super, super uh, distract. Not distracting. It's uh, completely engaging. Um, yeah. He uh, he looks like one of the hyenas from uh, The Lion King. Yes, or he's just devoured a, a jelly donut of some kind, and he's just, uh-huh. he's just ready to... <laughs> and he's a high priest, and no one wants to say anything. They're not going right. to make him embarrassed. You know, he's good. Well, he, yeah, he, well, he, yeah, he is the. Um, I forget what his role is, but the high priest is that other guy, right? That other guy's like the religious leader. But there's several. There's several high priests. There's the high priest of sacrifice. This guy's the high priest okay. of sacrifice. Then there's the high priest of knowledge, who is Atlock. Right, and he's sort the, of the, the good. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that, uh, that... Who's been drinking, I think. He's the one who's completely... Oh, he's the drinker, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy, I think, that maybe... 
I'm not saying that he did. I'm just saying maybe lunch was a little bit uh, liquidy. <laughs> that, that he, he brought his own from home uh, in a flask. Yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, so he's the guy that kind of believes that uh, Babs. Uh, is, uh, I, I also have to say, uh, since this is a pot, allegedly, I oh, did. Sure, the, yeah, sure, this sure. is this is what hey. I have heard. I don't think it's true. Nope. Um, but, but go on. This is the yeah. We don't want his estate coming after us. Exactly. This is for all of our podcast money. So, but he's the one that believes that uh, Barbara is uh, the incarnation of Yataxa, the the goddess. Um, so he's he's on her side for most of the time. Uh, then we have uh, Ixta, who is this uh, rival warriors. They have to try to figure out who's going to lead their army mm-hmm. because. I guess that has to happen right now. So, uh, and then oh, the, you're, you're also missing uh, Kameka, Kameka, right? The, right. the woman, yeah, uh, who who has sort of like a bit of a almost a romance with Not a almost. doctor. Yeah, I mean they they get married via chocolate, hot chocolate, or something. yeah, traditional hot chocolate marriage. <laughs> I, I liked her character a lot. I liked all the moments with her and. Uh, William Hartnell. And the Doctor, yeah, yeah. I mean, from from the clips that I've seen of the Doctor up to this point, especially in the first uh, couple of episodes, because a lot of this stuff you can actually find clips. You might not be able to see the whole episode unless you buy the DVD or whatever. But um, he's he's just really surly, um, which, you know, I have, I have my whole... My whole Capaldi thing that we strongly disagree on, but I think that it's, a, it's that sort of surly Doctor. Um, but in this case, you, when you see him... He's a lot softer than he was in those those first few episodes. Yeah, so especially I, I, with, with Kamika, you can see this whole. Uh, <laughs> even though he unintentionally gets uh, engaged to her over hot chocolate, he should have known what he was doing. You give a woman some hot chocolate, and shit's going to go down. Um, but even with uh, Barbara, there's a point where uh, he's yelling at Barbara about her wanting to stop this whole human sacrifice thing. She finds yes. it morally morally horrible. It's, she thinks it's her duty to, to try to change history because, you know, she's traveling through space and time. Why would you not do that? Right. Uh, but the doctor yells at her in this very, uh, you know you can't disrupt the prime directive sort of thing. Um, but once she starts sobbing, even just a little bit, he completely softens and is like, Oh no, I'm sorry. It was my fault. So he's definitely not as, uh, as prickly as he was, but he's definitely a little more, um, secretive than yes. other doctors. Maybe. I mean, I guess they all kind of do that a little bit. The doctor yeah. lies. The it's, doctor it's lies hard. is a theme, but yep. And I, I will say for me too, this is the only episode of a William Hartnell story that I've ever seen. I mean, uh, you know, an earthly child, um, you see uh, clips of that. I've seen certainly seen clips of that and whatever, but to me, like, this is really all I have. And this is all that's available. I think on Netflix, right there. The next one we're going into is, yeah. So, so I, I do hear that, but I I mean, as as he is short with people and direct, um, he's also sort of endearing too in a, in a crotchety old uh, grandfather way. Yeah, yeah, I think that they weren't entirely sure. I mean, in fact, I'm sure they weren't entirely sure what they wanted to do with the character yet. Can we talk, too, about... I mean, you mentioned watching Doctor Who and, and, and the sets, and people always mm-hmm. talk about the sets. You know what? They weren't bad. They're great. The thing that people don't talk about is so much of the... <laughs> the what I love is the it's one take and we're all going home, guys. And it yes. doesn't matter if yeah. we don't say the lines right because you're matter. just going to say the set, say the sentence yep. again. Yep. Did you put the word in front of the other? That's no problem. Just keep, se- just keep, keep saying the sentence again. Every scene is like Philip uh, Baker Hall fainting 
uh, in uh, the Magnolia scene, like where he's, he's pretty, like every every actor is basically delivering their lines like that. Yeah. Or when the cameras push in and they go, "Hey, we're gonna hit something on a push." That's, That's fine. fine. That's which totally is, fine. You know, yeah, well, which is very charming. Yeah, the, the, people do talk about how, and I, I even mentioned at the beginning, but how bad the sets the sets are not actually that bad. What it is is uh, a very stage acting style. Um, yes. You get a lot of uh, uh, of single tracking shots, uh, very very little editing, and you can tell everything's being done in sort of one take. Uh, mm-hmm. So you, the, the, you have a single camera following the doctor. There's one scene where the doctor is going into the temple. Um, the uh, the bad high priest is watching him. Barbara's supposed to be alone. No one's supposed to talk to her because they're going to test her or something. And doctor sneaks in. That whole time, the camera kind of moves around the set between columns, follows him in, and then immediately picks up on another camera. And I just thought it was interesting to see, like, I, this could have all been done right on the stage in front of a live audience, and it would have would have worked just as well. No, it makes sense. I mean, and I'm trying to think of like in context to the Twilight Zone. I think the Twilight Zone yeah. had already ended, or it just had. That's the end of the 50s and early 60s. So it's, yeah. that whole era, era of television is is pretty fascinating. But yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, overall, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm going to say for me, I thought this was, I really liked it. I mean, I thought it was a, I love it's The other thing is like the Aztecs is something that doesn't get visited a lot in anything. Like that's such a wonderful part of history that is sort of under, um, underdeveloped from a creative st- sort of story standpoint. Sure. That that going there, I thought was really cool, and I really liked Barbara too as a character. I thought she was yeah. very interesting. I felt like you mentioned, like Susan, sort of is there. She's um, just kind of she's just kind of there. I'd like to see other episodes to see what her right, story yeah. is and what her personality is more is because she's more of just a a tag along than anything else. She doesn't have a strong. Uh, point of view where Barbara, you know, she wanted to try to change history because she was morally outraged at what was happening. Um, Ian is a kick-ass street fighter, uh, so he has his own thing going on. <laughs> this this stage combat, by the way, was yeah, um, it was crazy. They have so there's two major fights in the in the show. Uh, the first fight between uh, Eon and uh, uh, Excel, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're going to fight. Um, it's the one where he gets poisoned and taps his strength. But it is the slowest fight. It's like they're fighting with hugs. It's just hug fighting. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, oh I'm going to hug you until you pass out. So there's it's a that hug one. Of war. It's a hug of war. But then there's the second one where uh, Ian is, has a. Uh, put on a, a guard disguise and they kind of meet each other and they're, they're having to fight outside. Um, that one actually used a lot of quick edits. That was actually really interesting because it seemed like it wasn't this all-in-one uh, camera-to-camera. There was definitely clear edits going on there, which gave it a little more energy and more of a tradition, more of a, a, a modern fight scene feel than you got in the original one. So anyway, I, I, I think at least they had things going on. Susan, I don't really think, had much development here. Maybe it occurred in previous episodes. Maybe there's supposed to be a lot right. more to do, do in this one. I mean, that happens in, in current Who as well. Some characters will kind of be left now, alone. That, she leaves, right? She, uh, Susan is the first to leave. Correct. That I don't know. I don't I'm know. trying to I remember know. because I, there's a, that amazing, um, for the 50th anniversary, they had the making of Doctor Who, which was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, and they show that scene, right, where she's leaving the show because I think she's she's the actress is done with it and they have this yeah. sort of heartfelt scene. Um, and he says, I will be back in that, that whole business. Oh, right? yes, that's, that's, right, that's, that's right. That's right. That scene. Or is that his end? 
I can't. I remember. think that's actually his end. I think you're yeah. referring to his end. Uh, I'm all confused. I'm confused. Yeah, I, I was doing some reading, and uh, listeners, just write in, and we'll read your requests or your uh, emails live on air right now. Uh, <laughs> Goodbye, Susan. But, no, uh, wait. Maybe I'm maybe I'm correct. Yeah, maybe I am correct. Little, little yeah, goodbye, Susan. Susan that because um, she falls in love. I'm just I, I with the power of the internet. Sure. Uh, the Dalek invasion of Earth. Susan yeah. falls in love with the Resistance fighter, and the Doctor decides to leave her on Earth, and he leaves. So Susan is still on Earth. Yeah. So she's still hmm. with us now. She's still picking around. I haven't yeah, seen so her. So that's um, and then that's I guess he. So anyway. Uh, anyway. So what's your opinion of the episode? Because I I sort of rolled all over the place no it's cool it's cool my my opinion of the episode is it was good because it was interesting i'd like to see the history and these characters um i gotta tell you though my least favorite who episodes in general are the history ones i don't really like the backwards time travel all that much i mean i of course i love them i love the current who don't get me wrong don't get angry at me. But um, it's. No, no, the, I mean, the, I like the, I like the alien the, space stuff too. The right? alien space stuff or future ones uh, definitely are more of my, my traditional sci fi alley. Um, mm. So this was. This this one was going to be hard regardless because it wasn't kind of in that wheelhouse at all. It was all history. Uh, that said, it was it was definitely good. It was it was just great to see the history. The overacting was amazing. Um, so yeah, it was it was fun. It was definitely fun because you, you yeah. had to see a, a couple different sides of. Uh, of the original Doctor. It's very strange. Yeah, we're saying hello to William Hartnell and goodbye to him in the same episode. All right, anything you want to add before? Because I think well, we're, we're good, right? I, I, well, I, I think the only other thing I kind of want to talk about... Easy, Oh, okay. ...is because we, we are both, we're both more well-versed in current Who. Yes. So so how does this how does, how does does this compare for you to current Who? Whichever Doctor... Well, one thing I will I will say, and it's not related to this episode. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but I think most people that are going to be listening to this, I mean, of the millions of people listening to this podcast, uh, most of them are going to be familiar with Current Who. Yeah, I think I think I think if you're, there's probably very few people that are like, I only deal with the classic Who, bro. Hey, like, I don't there know, are I mean, Star Trek. There are Star Trek. Uh, yeah, but with Doctor Who, I don't I don't see that as much. But but either way, yeah. How does it? How do I think it compares to New Who? Yeah. One thing that I do notice, like especially with uh, Stephen Moffat stuff, mm-hmm. is I'll see an episode and there's a speech or something in it, and I'm like, "That's amazing! Like that's really so well written, and I love it." And then I find out it's like, "Oh, that was in this old Doctor Who episode," and they're just calling it back. So there's there's definitely a lot of callbacks in New Who to Old Who, as far as sort of Doctor to Doctor people talk about Peter Capaldi being more like you know Hartnell. I don't really think so. I mean, for me, like Capaldi, to me, is, it's the same. It's the same character. To me, yeah, it feels like he's consciously doing a reboot back to fifty years ago. He's doing this Doctor again. I think that there's definitely channeling that, um, mm-hmm. but his thing for me is a total. Like he's for me, he's like one of the funniest Doctors ever. Whoa. I think. Like, well, that's a whole other thing. We should <laughs> we can have our modern one. You're terribly wrong, and then yeah. eventually you're going to realize it. and You're yeah. going to feel awful. Yeah, um, I'll write a letter of apology. But yeah, I mean, as far as like the shortness and the the the, I, I've got it in my head, and all you people are idiots, and I, I we got to get this done. That's definitely the Hartnell that you can see in this. Yeah. But for me, like the there's sort of a, an element of humor too. With uh, I I feel like Capaldi's very much his own. 
yes, doctor. Yes, I give you that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I, it's not to say I definitely see these connections, and I think those connections are intentional as an actor that he's doing. But uh, Hartnell is definitely way more crotchety with not, without that sort of uh, humor hook. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm only seeing this episode though, so I feel like I'm also sure. sort of not able to really judge him as a doctor. Hey, this is the internet. You can judge without any information whatsoever. But we also covered like for all the numerous reasons that these shows are totally different. Is there just they weren't designed to be uh, to watch over and over again, or they weren't designed to be right. um, something that you would buy in DVD, and, th- and they weren't going to be building up these sort of elaborate season cliffhangers where you're going to get a little bit of this bat. And I'm getting yeah. a little sick of that stuff too. But where it's like you're going to get a little bit of this, a little bit of that at the end, and then it's all going to come together because you have your big big bad that you know. Right, that is the kind of the template for the current. Yeah. Se- None uh, of that stuff is here. This yeah. is like old serial. Here's one story. We're going to tell it in five parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to have a, you know, every episode two ends in some kind of uh, cliffhanger, you know. Every and episode you, within the arc. That's, yeah. That's yes, right. yes. So yeah. you have uh, a week to wait. It's not designed that to binge watch. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's if right. you, when you binge watch these episodes, they seem kind of silly because you get these, like, sort of super dramatic cliffhangers and then it starts and you see a bit of the end. So it's. Which is actually interesting. I kind of like that. This is like a precursor to previously on Doctor Who. They'll just show like the last 10 seconds of the previous episode as the beginning of the of the next one. So you kind of catch your place. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think it's a really good point. This was this wasn't. I mean, it's it's completely ephemeral. Um, They didn't know how long the show was going to last. They weren't sure what was going to happen with it. And they recorded over so many of the episodes just reuse tapes. So it was never meant to last. You're never meant to, you know, analyze and dissect. And I don't think that was necessarily the culture for pop entertainment in its time where now people are completely obsessive and can get onto, onto websites and, and, and talk about it obsessively in every, every detail and minutia that, uh, about a show. So I think, uh, creators now, especially Moffat, um, try to leave these kind of clues in advance of things that are going to happen, whether or not they pay off, who knows? I mean, there's the whole uh, example of uh, the TV show Lost, where they were kind of leaving Easter eggs that actually went nowhere because they didn't know what the hell they were doing either. And there's also no sense of community then. I mean, there is, there certainly is, but it's not like, whereas now you're going to, you're going to do a mystery or whatever. And you, you design these things knowing people are going to be talking about them. You've got Except for the fact that this thing, this thing took off in a way that uh, probably couldn't happen again because there were so few channels, there's so few shows. When this show became popular, it was all people talked about, and it was it was popular with kids, it was popular with adults. It became a cultural touchstone for in England. You mean for England? For England, okay. that's right. For the U.S., I mean, it just it just kind of I don't even know how it. It just kind of got over yeah, here somehow through just, PBS and whatever. Yeah, definitely through PBS, but you would certainly find people, and you th- there was conventions and things like that. But it was like, yeah. you know, it's not as you know, you would see an episode of of I would see the Aztecs if I mm-hmm. I would never be talking to you about it. You You'd know never what I mean? see it, like, and you never see it again. I'd never see it again. And, and yeah. one thing too to to talk about sort of the different structure parts. Yeah, I do think they do a pretty good job of. If you happen to tune into part three and you missed part two of not being totally lost, like I, you know, even with mm-hmm. the, the opening to see the cliffhanger, how it ended before. But I, I, I feel like 
you know, you would figure it out. In a lot of ways, that's what comic books were like too. Back, you know, that was always a thing. With you know, every every issue was going to be somebody's first issue. No, it's, I think we pretty much covered that as well. I mean, I, like I said, I, I think Capaldi is kind of uh, William Hartnell seen through the lens of uh, Tennant and Smith. He's got that humor. Uh, I think the softness of Hartnell was his emotional uh, connection, where the part that takes off the edge on Capaldi is uh, the humor. Yeah, and then I think there's some emotional connection too with. Uh, Capaldi, but we'll have the conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe one day I'll come around to We it. will. I think, well, hey, if we keep doing this podcast like we want to, then we will probably have to do a, a Modern Who episode. Maybe we'll review the whole uh, last season or something. Uh, that mean I have to watch it again. No, I'm actually, I'm looking forward. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again. No, watch it again. <laughs> All right. So I think that's probably it. So next, uh, next month. Uh, we're going to be watching The Mind Robber. So this episode uh, yeah. is going to be airing in January. So yeah. every month we're going to do one. Next month is The Mind Robber, which I have not seen at all. Are you familiar with The Next Doctor? So the next next no, no, is, yeah. is Doctor Pat- Number 2. Yeah, Patrick Troughton. Um, I, I obviously know who he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've not seen this episode. It's the only one that's on... Netflix. I have never seen any other episodes of him. I've actually, I don't think I've ever really seen a performance by him as the Doctor, except for uh, little flashbacks that they do in the current series. I mean, I know, yeah. I know the guy's look and I know his name, but I, I don't know anything about um, the tone. Is he the same sort of Doctor? I, He's more of like a clown-ish right. type. Like, I, I there's an episode uh, that will, I think it's on Netflix, that will cover mm-hmm. all the three Doctors where you get, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's in that. And uh, he's got, like, the whistle. That's, like, his thing. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> like, it's All very right. strange. But after yeah. that, I can't wait because I love um, uh, Pertwee. Like, John Pertwee is great. That's that's sort of where I, I fall really hook into Classic Who is like that Pertwee, Tom Baker, Peter Davison stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing all the different doctors. I've only I've only know them uh, glancingly, so this is going to be interesting. All right. all right. So if you're uh, listening and you want to join us, please watch uh, the Mine Robber. What a great name too, the Mine Robber. I just love it's that. It's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah. As a name. Um. So yeah, that's it. So thanks for listening, and I hope everyone's well. And I guess if you do listen to this, um, because everybody always says that you're supposed to leave us a rating. Yeah, because uh, that means something. And then comments, uh, probably the filthier the better. Um, yeah, you can just—I'll give you my, my my mailing address. You can send that to. Uh, <laughs> send it to dick pics at. <laughs> uh, so you can do that. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, it was a it was a lot of fun. Yep. Um, I look forward to the next one. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks everyone. <laughs>